Vox Quick Hits. There's this weird feeling I've been having lately. I think it's something like hope, excitement, happiness. I have no idea, but I'm pretty sure it has something to do with seeing more and more people get the vaccine and also sunshine. I can't stop thinking that maybe this is actually going to be the best summer ever. There are signs of it everywhere. President Biden has promised that all American adults can be eligible for vaccines by April 19th. The CDC says that domestic travel will be, for the most part, safe to do. Even fashion trends are reflecting our possible new reality. Fun pants, psychedelic prints, and cutouts are everywhere right now. Here to chat a little bit more about what our post-COVID lives might look like are my colleagues at The Goods, Terry Nguyen and Melinda Fekwade, who cover consumer trends, travel, and style. Hey, Terry. I'm Melinda. Hey. Hi. So one of the weirdest harbingers that things were starting to seem a little different was in the way that brands started communicating with us over the course of this spring. I remember last year, like every brand sent out these very solemn emails talking about like out of abundance of caution and like these times, the safety in this times. But Terry, you noticed a little bit of a shift in tone recently. Yeah, there are some brands have gotten really enthusiastic as more and more people get vaccinated in the U.S. You know, advertisements look more colorful. The language is more optimistic and people are just generally very excited for the spring slash the summer. And you also kind of noticed that there was like a sexual tone, right? Yeah, I mean, not that many brands are doing the very sexual advertising, but I think Suit Supply published this very raunchy ad where people were just tongue kissing all over the place. (laughs) But I do think (laughs) the vibe or sort of the energy is very sexual. Like people are very excited. And this one advertising executive told me that One of his clients said that it's going to be like the summer of love meets the roaring 20s. And so that's a very high bar. (laughs) I'm holding him to that. (laughs) But I'm very excited to see if that's what's really going to unfold. Melinda, do you think that this will have any bearing on this actual summer? Like, is this going to be the summer of love in the sense that like dates are coming back, casual sex can come back, where you only have to worry about some diseases rather than maybe (laughs) COVID-19? I mean, in my personal opinion, people like talking a big game about what they will do and they don't (laughs) in my experience usually deliver on it I think there's going to be a lot of wild partying but I honestly don't think people are as excited to get back into the dating world as they sometimes project that they are you know (laughs) that's a really good point and a kind of a hot take I think people are going to kind of retreat into what they're used to which is being like the dating world sucks and I don't know, like, I, I can't find anyone good in New York or wherever they're from. And, you know, I think it's going to we're going to devolve back very quickly to where we were. Yeah, I recently saw this one New York Post headline that says, I quote, New York City singles ready for slutty summer of casual sex. But I do <laughs> think a lot of it is the media and the brands hyping us up. Yeah, I think we've seen this with a lot of like the popular music from the past year, too. It's like even when we were all stuck at home, all the songs were like, WAP. 34 plus 35, which is about 69ing. <laughs> and, and obviously Lil Nas X, Montero, Call Me By Your Name, a horny anthem for this summer. But I mean, it seems like a lot of the fashion trends too are kind of jiving with this mood. And Melinda, you you had a take on this where you noticed like pants looked different. Yeah, during the pandemic, 
everyone was kind of starting to move towards these pants styles that were like loud and colorful and kind of splashy stuff that like I feel like at least when I was growing up was like not a thing there were like three types of pants that you possibly wore and it was like <laughs> yoga pants leggings and skinny jeans and now there are these unlimited kind of brat stall style options there's like pants with built-in thongs and g-strings that kind of like stick out there's pants with different patterns and like a lot of rips you know those like little underbutt slashes that are like now a thing it goes back to people kind of wanting to make a statement and reemerge into society in like a very flashy way. Right. And there also seems to be an element of that kind of maximalist go all out attitude towards beauty, too. And Terry, I think you've mentioned that you've noticed a lot of this. Yeah, definitely. I think besides the 2000s trends, people are just wearing really colorful patterns. They're doing very bright and bold makeup that's very reminiscent of the 60s and 70s. I think people are really priming themselves to look their best. There's a resurgence of people getting fillers and Botox now, now that clinics are open and we're all getting our hair done. And clearly I do think it's, you know, it's not as concentrated of a specific decade trend because, you know, people have Pinterest. They can look at what was trending in the 80s or the 70s and apply it to their lives. And I think there's a lot more creativity this time around um, with uh, trend cycles. What are some of the favorite like beauty and hair looks that you've been seeing? I really like the curtain bangs. I think they're very like 70s-esque and they make you look kind of feathery, but also very, very cute. (laughs) I know you wrote about this, Rebecca, the comeback of low-rise jeans. For me, like I just do not think they will look good on my body type, but I do like a lot of the Y2K fashion just because it's like fun and it's like it. I feel like when I was growing up, like every girl on TV was dressed that way. And I was like, when I'm older, I'm going to look like that. And a lot of that is like unattainable because you also like that fashion (laughs) lends itself to like a very stick thin look. But I do like that now Y2K fashion the way people are putting their own spit on it is that it's more inclusive than like ever was. So that's something I'm kind of excited for. Yeah, I talked I talked to um, a, a fashion reporter for that piece that that mentioned like, you know, you can tell what influences of fashion certain decades have brought from like you can tell when someone is in the 90s, but doing the 60s versus someone that's just in the 60s. Or you can tell when someone's in the 2010s doing, you know, the 70s or whatever. 2020s version of aughts is going to be like much more fun and incorporate a lot of like the lessons we've learned from that particularly horrible era for uh, for (laughs) being a woman. (laughs) I mean, do you guys think that this kind of like very fun, loosey-goosey attitude will continue outside of fashion. I'm literally thinking of like partying, possibly doing drugs. Yeah, I mean, right now there's a huge national discussion about decriminalization of not just marijuana, but also psychedelics. And I think mushrooms, I have a piece coming out on that about how mushrooms are kind of like the big thing. We're living in the age of big shroom. And I feel like, you know, those attitudes about the summer of love might definitely be reflected in sort of like drug use and just how people carry themselves. Um, I think there's a lot of nostalgia that's also coming to the fore as people, you know, not just reference like these trends, but they also felt like those times are much simpler, maybe much more carefree. 
I mean, in, in this return to normal, is there anything that you think that you or just people in general are going to take with us from the pandemic or maybe reevaluate what we did in our normal lives now that we've had this sort of year of kind of all living a similar life? I think that people are going to be more appreciative of the time they have with other people and kind of lean in in some ways to risk taking just because we've just had such a traumatic year. It's kind of like, you know what, like nothing matters. Might as well have fun while we can. Yeah, like you can't hurt me. I've already died inside. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I do think people will just go out more. I I think that like pent up tension, people will appreciate the little things in life. Um, But I do think there's a big resurgence in nightlife. And so I, I feel like, you know, there's anxiety, sure. But I definitely think people will take advantage of, you know, concerts now and like all the fun social stuff, like drinking at a bar. Um, And also, I think another thing is like remote work is going to be forever changed by this. It's possible that people might be going on longer or bigger vacations and just spend time working uh, maybe from an island or something. Ideally, that's like what I hope to do (laughs) once it's safe to do international travel. (laughs) It sounds lovely. And one thing that I I wrote in a story about how, you know, so many of us are gearing up for this great summer, I spoke to a psychologist who mentioned that, you know, there really isn't all that much harm in romanticizing this future version of yourself, even if, like Melinda said, like, it's all talk. Like, even if we're not dating and having the most fun summer ever, she said that we often forget that anticipation can be a really valuable source of joy. So even in these months where, you know, where we are in New York, it's not summer weather yet. You know, people, not everybody is vaccinated. Things aren't fully open yet, but it's so close that it kind of feels like you have like a crush and you know that it won't be (laughs) like reciprocated, but it's still, there's still joy in the imagining. Well, thank you both so much for joining. This was such a fun chat. Um, You can read more of Terry and Melinda's work at Vox.com. 